Hello, welcome to everyone. It's Friday night. And for new RQPC, it's Friday night with friends. Welcome to everyone, all of our uh, church members and uh, loyal friends that have been with us now uh, over a year doing our Friday Night with Friends. And hello to any first time guests. It's wonderful to have you with us. Tonight is just a casual, fun chit chat with friends. And um, I think you're really going to like who we are uh, uh, having on tonight. Uh, Dr. Daniel Seagraves and his lovely wife, Susan Seagraves, will be with us. Before we get to them, I do want to direct your attention to newarkupc.info, where you can learn uh, about what our church has to offer. We are still in our digital uh, campus broadcast. We come to you six nights a week at 7 p.m. Uh, and uh, our newarkupc.info, um, you can learn more about what we have to offer. We have small groups that meet. Uh, we also have ways that you can pray with us, ways you can share prayer requests, uh, praise reports, and other things like that. So please um, join us on newarkupc.info to learn more. So I'm excited tonight to get to our topic. Uh, no, it's not Valentine's Day, but it's going to feel like it. We are going to hear a beautiful love story um, of Dr. Daniel and Susan Seagraves. Um, our connection, my personal connection with uh, Brother Seagraves um, is, it dates back to, I want to say probably around 2000. Eight, maybe around there, but definitely before 2010. Um, we, uh, our connection was through school where I attended seminary. He was one of my professors and uh, that was in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, I think I had him for only one class, if I remember right. I know my husband, Arash, also had him and enjoyed his classes. Uh, but my mom and I took a class together. And I remember, I think it was just the two of us. And it was a very uh, tight-knit personal uh, class that we got up close uh, with uh, Dr. Seagraves. But that's my connection with him. And I've only ever met uh, his lovely wife, Susan, virtually. Um, so uh, we'll hear more about their love story. But I did not personally know her. And so I'm excited to hear this story is going to be new to me tonight. I'm catching up on it, learning all about it, just like all of our viewers tonight. Uh, but the connection to our church, Newark UPC, and Elder Beardsley and uh, Pastor Stephen and his family, that dates way before my uh uh, coming uh, paths crossing with Dr. Seagraves. And so I know that they, uh, Stephen and Dr. Seagraves had worked together at um, UGST, Urshan Graduate School of Theology in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, other connections that I was just learning about. Uh, Susan was telling me that um, uh, Elder Beardsley had a connection to uh, where she worked for our United Pentecostal Church International Headquarters. And she knew the Beardsley family from some connections through her work. So lots of um, 
happy little connections going around. Uh, and I'm learning more and more about this as um, I was listening to their story. And so let me go ahead. And I uh, went ahead and took um, some information about Dr. C. Graves from his website, danielcgraves.com. And so just a little bit about him and then a little bit about his lovely wife, and I'm gonna turn it over to them. Uh, Dr. Seagraves enjoys studying, teaching, and writing about Holy Scripture. And for any of, of uh, you out there who know him, you know that that is definitely true. He's committed his life to that. Over the past 55 years, um, he graduated from two Bible colleges and earned an MA in exegetical theology with highest honors and a uh, THM with honors from Western Seminary and a PhD in renewal studies with dual emphases in Christian theology and Christian history from Regent University School of Divinity. Now that was a mouthful. And tonight that might enter into the story, but that's not the focus of the story. We'll have to have him back uh, to touch on all of those things. But um, he has 18 books in print and has served as a professor of biblical studies at Urshan Graduate School of Theology, where we met um, until retirement in 2018 as Professor Emeritus. Previously, he served Christian Life College in Stockton, California as Executive Vice President for 19 and one half years and as President for five and a half years. During those 25 years, he also served as chair of the Department of Theology. He's an ordained uh, minister of the United Pentecostal Church in a national since 1968. Um, and his wife is the former Susan Fuller, um, whose late husband, Robert, went to be with the Lord in 2008. And Dr. Seagrave's late wife, Judy, went to be with Christ in 2011. Uh, Dr. Seagraves on his uh, website writes this, um, that Susan and I are deeply grateful for the way God brought us together. We know it was his hand that directed our steps from mourning to joy. And we're going to hear the story from mourning to joy tonight. Um, now that he's in retirement, he plans to concentrate, concentrate on research and writing. I don't know if that sounds like retirement, but you know, to each their own. Okay. Now, um, for our lovely Susan, uh, she's also retired now. And when I asked her about what she enjoys, she made me giggle because they built a home together. Uh, and she said she enjoys playing house, just like you would as a little girl. Uh, she enjoys playing house while he enjoys writing in his, uh, beautiful office in their newly built house. But um, Sister Seagraves graduated from the Apostolic Bible Institute in 1966, and that is where she met her late husband, Robert Fuller. And she worked for the United Pentecostal Church International in St. Louis, Missouri for 32 years. Uh, what commitment there. And uh, mostly with the church division and the minister's retirement fund, um, among many other things she said, but that was uh, her main job for all of those years. And so um, with that, uh, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to give the introduction, but honestly, I wanted to rush through it so that we can hear their story um, and hear from them. So if we could bring on 
Dr. Daniel Seagraves and his lovely wife, Susan. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I know I sped through that introduction, but um, we are, uh, I had heard that um, you have a Hallmark love story. And if anybody knows me, I love Hallmark. Mm -hmm. And so I'm yes, ready. we do too. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm ready. It's, uh, uh -huh. Makes you laugh, makes you cry, makes yes. you grateful, makes you joyful, you know, all yes. the feels. Yes. Um, and so I'd like to welcome you on uh, our broadcast tonight on behalf of Newark UPC. Um, and of course, the Beardsley send their kindest regards. And Stephen said, let him know I'm on and I've got a listening ear on. And he actually suggested your love story oh. to come on our broadcast because he said it's going to be one everyone's going to love to hear. So. With that, wherever you all would like to start with your love story, I'm handing it over. Okay, thank you so much, Meg. And thank you for inviting us along with Rosh and Pastor Beardsley mm -hmm. to be here. We have told this story many times in the past seven and a half years. And we always enjoy doing that, trying to always find a little place where we can talk about that a little bit. Because we do believe that God has directed our steps. Yes. He has turned our morning into dancing. In fact, we were just remembering a while ago, we have an article that was in the November the 15th uh, issue of what was called the Pentecostal Herald, which uh, is titled From Morning to Dancing. This is just a little photo uh, copy here of it. Uh, but that is, uh, is truly, uh, truly our story. And so for those who may be interested in that and could have access to that uh, issue, again, it's November the 15th of the Pentecostal Herald. It's there documented. And Susan also has an article. Yeah. Uh, Mine is called Within the Reflections. Oh, <laughs> the reverence and the missus. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. That was the Reflections of May, June 2017. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Wonderful. We talked about how to go about doing this, and uh, Susan has asked me to go ahead and go first. So I will do that. Uh, she has uh, a wonderful story as well of how God has worked in her life. Yeah. Uh, I was teaching for Purpose Institute in Cabot, Arkansas in uh, early uh, 2009. And I was just about to come home. I called my wife, Judy, to just talk with her. And she said to me, I believe I need to see the doctor. She had noticed something going on with her. And uh, without going into all of those, all of the details, uh, she was diagnosed with uh, inflammatory breast cancer. Uh, she survived for um, about two years, passed away, as you mentioned, in 2011. And um, what I'm about to say is every time I say this, somebody listening says, well, that's hard to believe uh, what happened here. Uh, Judy, um, Judy's mother passed away at the age of 53 and her father at the age of 59. And after that, I noticed that Judy seemed to um, think that she was not going to live a long life either. And of course that was between her and the Lord, but that's how she viewed that. Uh, and although this sounds very strange, she began to say to me when we would be perhaps at a, a conference or some sort of a meeting, uh, she would see some sister in Christ who was unmarried. And she would say to me, I want you to keep her in mind. Well, I was never interested in keeping any of those folks in mind because I was married to Judy and she, 
she was uh, my lifelong love, you know. So one and only. But she did. He never had any other girlfriend. That's that's right. Mm -hmm. She really did that though, and uh, to me, it was just a puzzle. You know, I just <laughs> would tend to forget about it. Um, we moved back to St. Louis from Stockton, California, in '07. And uh, unpacking boxes and all that sort of thing, getting my office straightened out. I found a letter that she had written uh, for me to give to any prospective woman that I might be interested in. Oh wow! I said yes. I said get rid of this thing. I don't want this. I don't want this in the house. Um, but the very last thing <laughs> that she said to me, the very week that she passed away, and it, it may almost be the very last word she said to me where I want you to remarry, you need a wife. Now I've heard other stories from other men who have been in situations like that, but the stories were never quite that way. But with Judy, uh, I was sharing this with one of my minister friends and he said, well, she was giving you her blessing. And I appreciated his perspective on it. He'd been through a similar situation himself, but I couldn't imagine remarrying. I mean, Judy and I had been married for 46 and a half years. We had a wonderful marriage, um, got married just right out of high school, which is what you did in the town that I came from in Southeast Missouri. I mean, that's, you know, that was the next step. And so we did that and God blessed us over the years so richly in so many ways. Uh, but to think about remarrying, you know, the thought that came to my mind was if I did that, I would probably just mess everything up. You know, it would not be like it was the first time around. Uh, although a minister friend of mine who'd been through a similar thing reminded me of the old song, the second time around. <laughs> but, but, you know, but some, but some time went by uh, and, and I remember where I was uh, on the highway uh, the very first day I was going to work at UGST. And I remember the very first day that I prayed and I, I, I prayed and asked God to give me direction on the possibility of remarriage as to who that should be to direct my steps in that. Um, you know, during, during that time, there were, I suppose, lots of people who had lots of ideas. Um, you know, Susan found out that somebody said to her, I've got you picked out for Brother Seagraves. <laughs> So there were always those people ready to give us direction, you know, as to what we needed to do. I remember, if you, of course, you know, Jenny Russell very well, a wonderful friend of ours. Yeah. And I remember that she came into my office one day and she said, uh, have you thought about Susan Fuller? I said, well, yes, I've thought about her. <laughs> you know, um, that's about all I could say at that point in time. But, um, but as the time went by, um, and as I prayed about all of this, uh, the Lord directed my steps and it truly is, we're going to add to that Hallmark story. It was a heaven sent Hallmark story. <laughs> it, it really and truly was. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll tell a little bit more of this and then Susan will share some of hers and maybe we can talk together about it. But, um, I was praying and asking for God's direction. And one day I sat down to write a, uh, an article for the Pentecostal Herald. They'd asked me to, to write a particular article. This was on uh, uh, June the 13th of 2013. Is that the right dates? Yes, that, that right? is it. That's and um, so be before I started writing the article, I prayed. 
And I asked God to give me direction about the article, of course. But then I also said, now, Lord, this is Thursday. And you know that Saturday night, the Ambassadors of Harmony, which is a fabulous all-male choral group here in the St. Louis area of about 100 men. And they're just awesome. And I had heard them before and wanted to go again. But I said, Lord, you know that this concert is Saturday night. And I would appreciate it when I'm finished writing this article. If you would let me know who I could invite that would go with me and enjoy it. And so it was very specific about what I wanted and when I wanted it. When I'm finished writing this article, <laughs> if you could tell me who I could invite that would go with me and enjoy it. And so it took me a couple of hours or so to write the article. And I opened up uh, my email to send it to the editor, who was Brother Simeon Young at that time. And the first thing that I saw on my screen, now, of course, there was lots of stuff on the screen. But the very first thing I saw in black bowl letters was Susan Fuller. <laughs> well, that isn't clear. Yeah. Now, yes, uh -huh. and Susan had not written me nope. an email. Nope. You, may re you may remember Larry Mazik. <laughs> he was a student at UGST. I had, had, had him in the uh, Greek class when I was teaching it one year. Larry uh, had worked uh, for uh, a company here in town, uh, uh, actually online, but he lost, had lost his job. And so he had asked all of us to pray for him that God would give him direction about his, his work. And, um, I was on his mailing list. I didn't even know that, but I was, you know, just one of his, <laughs> he followed me somehow on mailing list. Um, and uh, Susan knew Larry as well. He attended the same church that uh, she did. He was a young single man. Uh, and, and she was a friend of his, and that was it. And she was on his mailing list, too, as well. And so he had sent out an email that day saying, I've got a job. Very thankful for all of your prayers, and et cetera, and et cetera. And I looked at it, and I thought, well, that's nice. Yeah, I'm very glad for Larry, but that's just all I did. But Susan read it and she's more thoughtful than I am. And so she responded to his email to congratulate him and all of that. And uh, she, although she never does this, when she got ready to send it, she clicked send to all. Well, that means the email came to me too. her answer to Larry. And that's how her name showed up on my uh, computer. Oh, my. And so, yes. And so um, I thought this is God's answer. And all I had was her email address. I didn't know her phone number, uh, anything like that. And so I had the email address. So I had sent her a text message and just to the email address. And I said, um, would you receive a phone call from me? And so I waited about three hours and um, she can tell you why it took three hours. But after three hours, I got a text message from her and she said, uh, yes, she would receive a phone call from me. And so uh, I had to respond to that and say, well, could I have your phone number? <laughs> so she sent her phone number to me. And um, and so I sent her. Well, I called her, then, of course, and uh, we had a wonderful conversation. I invited her to go with me to hear the Ambassadors of Harmony. And mm -hmm. she said she would love to go. And so we went, uh, had a marvelous time there. Um, some of our friends were standing just inside the door of the auditorium mm -hmm. at Missouri uh, University here in St. Louis where the yes. group was going to be singing. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
it was raining that night. So I left Susan off at the front door so she wouldn't have to walk through the rain. And when she walked through the door, our friends were there and they looked at her and said, you know, are you with someone? And I'll let her tell that part of the story. But anyway, um, when we all got seated inside and we weren't sitting with the other group, of course, we had different reservations. So uh, Brother Buford, who was the actually the editor of yeah. the Pentecostal Herald yeah, at that time, um, he came down and chatted with us uh, before the concert started. And he went back and he and his group, which included Brother uh, Davis, mm -hmm. um, they were all talking about seeing us there together at the concert. And Brother Davis, now this is in uh, uh, July the 15th. June, 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 15th. June the 15th. June, yes. 15th. June the 15th. Yeah. And Brother Davis said, well, they'll be married before the end of the year. And uh, Brother Buford said, no, they'll be married before the general conference. <laughs> and uh, Brother Buford turned out to be the true prophet. <laughs> And so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we, we, we got married right before the general conference that year. We, uh, we spent the general, uh, our honeymoon really at the general conference. <laughs> and, we, and we learned later that in bygone days of the United Pentecostal yes. Church, that was a very mm -hmm. widely practiced that people mm -hmm. would get married and go to the general conference wow. for their honeymoon. Yeah. So we, yeah. we maintained that tradition. We can, of course, tell you more, but I'd like Susan to go ahead and tell you uh, her uh, her experience here. Well, after um, my husband, uh, Bob Fuller, and I were married for 41 and a half years, and uh, he was sick with cancer for 10 months. During that time, he was the editor-in-chief at the United Pentecostal Church, also heading up the Division of Publications, the very new division. And he was one of those kind that was an energizer bunny, and mm -hmm. you never knew he was sick. And so he was sick for a long time, he, but he was so busy, always working, always doing everything. And um, so that was a, you know, I look back on that time, it was very hard, but it was also filled with miracles, filled with the glory of God, filled with friendship. And it was hard, but beautiful. I said, it, I would never want to walk through anything like that without the Lord, mm. but he walked with us every step of the way. And I didn't think I could manage as a widow. I didn't know how to live without a husband, but I I didn't want to get married again because I thought I might mess it up too, same as Ben. <laughs> so I just, the Lord just finally got tired of me going, oh, Jesus, help me. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, that was my conversation was, Lord, help me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I think he was like, I got to get this girl something. I got to get somebody to help her. But anyway, the the, uh, the situation with me was I was five years. I had retired. Uh, I was retired a year and a half. And But in that five years, I tried to do everything I could to just walk close to the Lord. And I worked with the widows at our church, which uh, was good for all of us. It helped all of us. Our friendships strengthened each one of us. And at church, we all looked for each other. We sat together. Uh, we had a special group, you know. And um, but I, I didn't. I was kind of thinking, I don't know if I want to get married again. But in the beginning of the year of thirteen, our church went on a Daniel fast. And at that time, I just kept committing myself. I had been asked if I would come to serve as uh, maybe a, a, a foreign missions short term. 
but I didn't think I wanted to do anything like that on my own. I'm not quite that brave. I like to stay home and play house. So anyway, but I said, Lord, I'm willing. I'll do whatever. And you'll give me the strength. I've found that in my life. Just turn your life over to him and he'll give you the strength. He'll open doors. He'll close doors. But whatever he wants you to do, he's going to help you to do it. And so I, I had committed to that. And um, when finally around some point in time, another widow who was a minister's wife in the district uh, was talking to me and she said something about she was getting married again. And she said something about I'm going to ask my husband that. And it just hit me. I wish I could say that. <laughs> I would love to say, I'm going to ask my husband about that. So it started to put that in my mind just a little bit that I really would like to get married again, but I sure don't want to mess anything up. And so I was just leaving it all to the Lord. And the day that he contacted me, I was praying and fasting for uh, two friends who were going on a missions trip. And the Lord met me in that fasting and prayer time in the most powerful situation. I mean, I was so glad that I was home alone because I just prayed all afternoon. Just the glory of the Lord just filled the house. And that evening I was going to a home friendship group and I got the text from Dan. And it showed up on my car as a telephone number, but he has a California number. So I ignored it. And so I never, that's why I didn't answer him for three hours because I went on, forgot all about it. When I got home, I saw I had a text. And the first thing I thought, my husband had a, a library of 35,000 books. And I figured he wants some of that library. And so I figured, okay, which book do you want? And somebody said he didn't want a book. He wanted the librarian. <laughs> but I had no idea what he wanted. So anyway, when he said, would you like to go to hear the ambassador? Oh, yes, I do. I think that'd be great. And um, I mean, it was like we clicked. We absolutely clicked. And so, you know, well, I can see it's, that. God, God did it. And we have been as happy as, I don't know, we're just over the moon still. We'll be married eight years. And I never, we didn't know if we'd get a year, five minutes, 10 minutes. And here we are going on eight years. Oh, it's wonderful. The Lord's been very, very good to us. He really has. And, you know, I didn't mention a while ago, but uh, after the concert that night, um, it was, you know, they sing till what, 10 o'clock or 1030. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. probably about 11 o'clock at night. You know, we're taking her home. And I said, well, you know, it's kind of late tonight, but would you like to have dinner next week? Maybe next Friday night, something like that. She said, yes, I would like to do that. Well, that was not to be. I mean, by Monday morning, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were spending Aww, spending our time texting. together. Yeah, we we yeah, we yeah we started. Well, the next day was Father's Day. Sunday was Father's oh, Day, yeah. Yeah. and so I had told Susan, please feel free to contact me. You know, at any time that you want to about anything. And so she was very sweet and sent me a Father's Day greeting the next morning, which made me smile. I was very happy. Um, and then, uh, we had a tornado here Yeah, that, yeah. uh, had swept through an area near to where we, we just live nine minutes apart. 
you know, so we were living. But we didn't know that. I didn't know where he lived. He (laughs) didn't know where I lived either. And so the (laughs) the tornado had come through and I had, I thought, you know, I'm just, as a single guy, just a bachelor, I'll go look at the tornado damage, you know? And so I did. And and then later in the day, Susan and I were texting, I guess it was at that Mm -hmm. time. And uh, she said, She'd been around looking at the tornado damage. And I said, well, why don't we just do that kind of thing together? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so we were texting and texting and texting. It was a wonderful thing. And, uh, well, of course we couldn't wait for the next Friday night to eat together. We went to lunch the next day. Yes. (laughs) And so we were doing that. And then, so nine days after the concert, I asked her to marry me and she said, yes, I will. I didn't have to think. Twice at all. Yeah, that I'd done all my praying. I had done all my praying already. Yeah. I prayed up. It's best yes. to stay prayed up. Yes, absolutely. Good advice. Yeah, right. So um, everybody was just so sweet and supported us and helped yes, us. I, yes. In fact, I remember um, we went to the the jewelry store, Shane's Jewelry, which is a, oh, yeah. a well known yeah. jeweler here in the St. Louis area, mm-hmm. to look for uh, some wedding rings. And who called me of all people while we were in there to buy the rings? Brother Bernard called to congratulate <laughs> yeah. us and uh, so forth. And so Sister was, Bernard was at the at headquarters at the same time, pulling in all the ladies from church division where I worked and saying, now don't, this is a secret and don't tell anybody, let her tell it. But she was so excited. She was telling all the ladies that I worked with. Of course, I was retired, so it was a lot of fun to have everybody else so excited. Yes, yes. They all thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we, I, I mentioned we went to the general conference for our honeymoon, and that's kind of the truth. I mean, we were there the very week after we got married. In fact, we got married on what was it? Saturday. Saturday, and the conference started the next week, you know. Mm-hmm. So we did spend a couple of nights before the conference in a, well, very nice hotel here in the St. Mm-hmm. Louis area, Chase Park Plaza. I mean, we yeah. have to do this right. And then right. uh, it wasn't <laughs> like when they got married the first time and when Bob and I got married the first time. What did you pay for your hotel room? Well, when Judy and I got married, we paid seven dollars. Yeah, well, we were probably about the same way. <laughs> it was a whole different yeah. ballgame. You hardly buy a soda in a nice hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And you know, I need to correct that. It wasn't the Chase Park Plaza, it was Car- Ritz Carlton here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're living it up now. And then oh, God blessed yeah. us. And then the we spent Christmas week on a cruise in Hawaii yeah. that year. And um, it was a marvelous event. Yeah, uh, I had I'd never been to to Hawaii, but uh, and then we've been on some others since then. Spent a week in St. Martin. That uh, was a wonderful week. That was Christmas week as well. Yeah. yeah. And so it's been a wonderful life. We're just very. So we're happy. still honeymooning. We are absolutely. We're just madly in love with one another, and so we're just mm-hmm. happy campers. We are happy campers. <laughs> We highly recommend. We do. don't mess up on your own. Yeah. Let the Lord do it. <laughs> yes. So you absolutely. might be in trouble. Yes. Oh, I love it. And that's what we were kind of, we were both kind of afraid of that. It's like, what yeah. if we mess this up? Because we both did have very happy marriages. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the Lord has brought us together. He's walked with us. And it's a wonderful thing to walk with the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking, well, both of your track records were pretty good. So 
this fear <laughs> of messing it up. I'm like, uh, yeah, well, that's it. Fun. You don't want to mess anything up. You're yeah. like, oh, you know, it's been pretty good. Maybe I'll just leave well enough alone. Oh, but I'm glad, you know, and I think the Lord does that for us. He opened my heart and Dan's heart to marry again. We didn't just say, nope, I never will. Well, that's it. We we allowed God to open the door and open our hearts. And I, I believe that that's the way we need to live, because when the Lord has something for you, you have to accept it and and just walk through that door, whether you're afraid or not. But he gave us a peace. Both of us. I don't think we would have remarried without that peace. Oh. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, because, you know, we both did have very good marriages, but the Lord knew that it too, it's better than one. Yeah. That's, that's his favorite thing. Yes. I love it. In Genesis chapter two, mm-hmm. I love the verse there where the yes. Lord says it is not good for a man mm-hmm. to be alone. I'm so glad and he I loves say, that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All yes. The not say yes and amen. And our children, both of our children, Dan and Judy, had a boy and a girl. Bob and I had a boy and a girl. So when we got married, Aww. they they were on either side of us, our mm-hmm. son and our daughter, son and daughter. And they they're all have been very happy and um, together. Goodness, now there's about 40 of us. Yep. The whole family of all the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're... We got a little parcel of us. It's kind of fun. Yeah. He's an only child. I'm an only child, but now, as you've said, I have uh, seven great grandchildren. And between us, was it 17 grandchildren we have yeah. now between us? Yeah. And then they're all get starting to get married. Getting married. As so. they're bringing more into the family, it's getting more <laughs> exciting all the time. Wow. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I you know, it's fun to sit and listen and um you know, hear some of the details of the, your love story intertwined, you know, with God kind of nudging, pushing. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't know that there would be one if if God hadn't done all of that because um uh, you know, I would never have been one to get on and start looking around. I just wasn't like that. And neither was Dan, but I'm so thankful that we didn't just turn ourselves away from whatever God had for us. And I always want to live that way. Whatever he has, I want to take it, accept it. And I might say too, uh, Meg, that before we married, uh, our local church regularly offers the uh, grief share uh, ministry. Mm, yes. And, and I want to recommend mm-hmm. that because uh, I went through that twice. Uh, it was like two quarters of it, you know, and uh, found it to be very helpful to me. Again, it was, mm-hmm. it was before we married, of course. Uh, after we married, we didn't we, know. We, we went, went through it and, together. Uh, Susan hadn't mm-hmm. been through that I had program. Not been and so we went it, back. Yeah. And, and again, we believe it's worthwhile. And uh, we do recommend that churches offer it. And if yes, you do have to grieve. Yeah. And you have to walk through that process. And um it will it's good. It's a lot of a lot of healing involved. Yes, you have to heal. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Wonderful. You know, it's wonderful to have those resources at hand. You know, yes. sometimes either you, you don't even uh really you know care to kind of acknowledge them until there's a need for it. 
Yes. Right, exactly. Right. Thankful for yes. those to be kind of there when mm -hmm. people need them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, now, I see that we have some questions coming up. And oh, okay. <laughs> so we're going to get to uh, some of the questions our listeners mm -hmm. have. And um, we've so enjoyed what you've shared with us so far. Thank you so much for giving us a, a Hallmark presentation tonight. And really appreciate that. No, but really, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so we want to hear um, some of our questions. And Erica's going to facilitate that for us. Okay. So we have, um, was there any bumps of lifestyle or routine when you started living your daily lives together? Were there any bumps? At all. <laughs> there has been no bump in the road seriously this, at all this man is the <laughs> most wonderful husband that any woman could ever have <laughs> we live in peace and um it, every day is just a joy yes uh, we, do. We, we do we we pray together we mm -hmm. uh, we both enjoy the same things yes mm. uh, susan now has become uh for me sometimes when i when i want her to and ask her to sometimes i'll have written something and I'm not quite sure have I said this just right. And so I'll ask her to read it for me, check it out and see what she thinks. And she's very helpful in that way. So uh, we, we both have uh, the same interest. Yes, uh, we do. And, and of course, both of us have the same life yeah. and many of the same friends. Yes. That's uh, been very good. Yes. Our friends are so similar. And I had read all of Judy's books through the years. Judy Seagraves wrote, many books and she wrote about yeah. Dan and I was like, can that guy really be for real? But he is, he's just like she said and more. I was amazed. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, well. yeah. And then we have, um, Susan didn't finish the story about the friends by the door at the concert. Was there oh, more? Yes. Yes. The friend, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I can't remember. I think it was uh, Dorsey and Bev Burke. I don't know if any of you know, Bev Burke has passed away now, but Dorsey and Bev met me at the first, right as I came into the door and they were just grinning from ear to ear because they knew if I wasn't with a gentleman that I'd be walking in the door with one of our friends, the, the widows. And why wasn't I with the widows group that night? And so anyway, I was trying to go, um, 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 <laughs> but it was fun to have everybody as excited about it as, as I was, you know, it was, um, Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. It, it's so fun to have everybody sharing in the joy and they did. It was really nice. Okay. Uh, besides keeping God first, what advice would you give for a successful marriage? Be kind to each other. And treat the other person exactly what how you want to be treated. And this man does that all the time. And I try to do the same for him because he is so kind and he takes such good care of me. And he's always, what can I do to help you? And it's like, how can I bless you? And that goes a long way. And I appreciate it. Well, you are the perfect wife. <laughs> tell you well, that. we are blessed. <laughs> and we do try. We we pray together. We we just enjoy life together. And we've had a few little bumps with illness, but the Lord has walked through that. And um, mm. it, we weren't married very long at all. And Dan had a situation where he had a seizure. 
and uh, went by ambulance to the hospital. And I couldn't go with him on the ambulance. I had to, it was so early in the morning, I had to get to quickly get dressed and go in. And as I walked in the room and I looked at him there, I thought, I love this man more than I ever could imagine. I love him. And we were getting ready to move into this house within a few days. And I said, oh, I'm glad the doors are wide enough. If he's going to be in a wheelchair that I can push him through and it'll be easy to take care of him in this house because of the way it's laid out. And, you know, I really realized I thought I loved him, but I loved him even more that morning when I saw him there. As it turned out, he was fine. Never went in a wheelchair in any time. It was just he needed a CPAP. He had a uh, a seizure because of uh, the what? Yeah, it's uh, whatever they call it. Whatever they it's, call it's it. The thing that calls for a CPAP. Yeah. It, well, you <laughs> stop breathing in the night. Yeah. Oh, sleep apnea. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sleep apnea. Severe, and it was severe, severe obstructive sleep apnea. Wow. And that has made a big difference in our life because he sleeps so good now, and I do too. And we we wake up in the morning and thank the Lord that we slept good. Hmm. You know, it makes a big difference. Oh, well, yes. it sure does. I'm a mom of three littles right now. Oh. Good sleep makes a big It does. It does. I, I want to be yes. on myself when I sleep yes. better. Yes. <laughs> and I would say advice for having a successful marriage, make sure you laugh a lot. Mm. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of laughing. Mm. And That's that good. is really, really important. Play together. Have fun. We, mm. we just do... Anything we do, we try to make it fun and and uh, we enjoy life. We do. And we're supposed to. <laughs> and you do the very best you can. Don't get burdened down with it's easy, especially if you have little children. Yes. Uh, my late husband and I, our our children were toddlers when we were in home missions. And we said it was that was a good time to have toddlers because the toddlers kept us laughing. Yes, they do. You do get less sleep. But they also can bring a laugh when nothing else can with their innocence and their sweetness. And um, we just try to make our life happy. Mm -hmm. I it's, love that advice. I like it's it. Not, not hard at all. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> and we keep a lot of good music going oh, yes. and we're careful to watch good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that advice. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Can you speak on the seasons in a in a marriage, considering your first and current marriage? Okay. Yeah, I was before I saw the considering your first and current. I was going to say, well, we're still in the spring season. We're in the spring, so, yeah. So it's all wonderful. Uh, you know, I certainly remember uh, there were times when uh, Judy and I did have uh, some struggles. Uh, we, we had a wonderful marriage, you know, we married right out of high school and had no problem staying married, mm -hmm. married, but uh, we're all human beings. And yeah. so mm -hmm. some, yes. sometimes there are disagreements and um, uh, I, you know, if we had a couple of hours, I could talk about some specific details, but, but I don't know <laughs> that we need to do that. Uh, but maybe I will tell you just briefly one situation because it shows how God can intervene when there is some tension. And uh, I think we all need to remember that, that God can come to our rescue 
because he certainly is in favor of lifelong marriages and strong mm -hmm. marriages. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, okay, yeah, I think I can tell this little story. Um, yes. We spent so many years in Stockton, California, and anybody who knows Brother Kenneth Haney uh, saw him as a man of vision. And of course, I was working closely with him there with the, with the school. Uh, he was a man who believed in prayer and um, uh, was always encouraging the church to pray. We had, you know, regular prayer meetings, extended prayer meetings. Uh, there was a specially called prayer, uh, prayer meeting for the entire church and, and during a Tuesday night meeting. Brother Haney let us know that we're going to be meeting here as a church every Tuesday night for prayer. And I was sitting on the platform at the time, which is something he wanted me to do. I'd much rather have sat with Judy, but, but he wanted me up here on the platform. And so uh, Brother Haney said, we're going to start this Tuesday night prayer meeting. It'll be every week, the entire church. Well, I'm sitting on the platform and thinking in my mind, I won't be there. And the reason I won't be there is because I had to go to the college prayer meeting every Thursday night. We had... Uh, Wednesday night service. I'm teaching the adult Bible class every Sunday morning for like 25 years. And I have to spend hours preparing for that every week, which is where a lot of my books came from. And, um, and then we have these special events coming up all the time. And I'm thinking, I know that brother Haney will understand that I'm not going to be there on Tuesday nights because he knows I have to be with the students in their prayer meeting on two, on Thursday nights. So that already fills up my week. That's, that's all going through my mind. And so, uh, but I found out when I, we, Judy and I left the church building, I found out that she had a different idea about it. And uh, she said to me on the way out to the car, uh, well, we'll be going to that Tuesday night prayer meeting. I said, no, we won't be going to that because, you know, we have to be here for the Thursday night prayer meeting. We have our Wednesday night service. We have our Sunday services. We just have a lot going on. And Brother Haney will understand. He wants me to be with the school. So we won't be coming to the Tuesday night prayer meeting. Uh, she didn't agree with that. She says, well, we're members of this church and we need to be here on Tuesday night for the prayer meeting. Uh, and this was really unusual for Judy and me, but by the time we got to the car on the parking lot, the tension between us was so thick, you could have cut it with a knife. She had, she had told me before the, before the service uh, that night, that she wanted to stop by a lo local grocery store there in Stockton and pick up some things. But she was completely silent on the way there, and so was I. And as uh, Susan knows, I, it's my practice to open the car door Always. for my wife. I don't even know how to uh, open it anymore. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't even have a chance to do that that night. Uh, Judy uh, didn't want to wait for me to open her car door. She jumped out of the car. She ran into the grocery store ahead of me, which was really unusual. And she was in the produce department. I was probably maybe 10 or 15 feet behind her uh, when I heard a voice behind me saying, are you Dr. Seagraves? And I turned around and I saw a man there that I had never seen before in my life, as far as I knew. And I said, yes, I'm, I'm Dr. Seagraves. He came walking toward me with his hand extended and he said, I just want to thank you for saving my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and we we used to do these marriage retreats, you know, I love it. And, and and somehow he 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 just got gold <laughs> tapes of me doing a marriage retreat, <laughs> and, and it's, he said, "You taught me how to treat my wife." Oh wow! Whoa, whoa! All right, so we Judy and I both knew, knew that God was intervening here. We had to, we had to get this tension between us worked out, you know. 
And so, but that that's just a little story, but it does remind me how God is concerned about those kinds of things. Amen. And so we were able to get through that right away. And I've always said those Thursday night prayer meetings were wonderful. I, I don't know how the Tuesday night ones went, but I guess they were all right for those who attended. <laughs> Great. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. (laughs) And by the way, I told that story many times over the years. Finally, after Brother Kenneth Haney became our general superintendent, Uh uh, he attended one of our uh, summer uh, Bible college retreat meetings, you know, where the faculty meetings, faculty gets together and all that. So he was there (laughs) and I was up talking and I thought, I'm going to tell that story. So it was the first time he had ever heard it. And what was so amusing to me was that after uh, the service that night, uh, Judy and I went over to chat with him. He said, well, I thought I saw you guys there. <laughs> 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 he didn't even know we weren't there. Yeah. You know, another beautiful you thing. You told on yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another beautiful thing is that Bob and I were mostly <laughs> with brother and sister J.O. Wallace and brother and sister Kenneth Haney, brother and sister Bernard, all of us. They they were mentors for us, the Haney's and the uh, and the uh, Wallaces mainly, and now the Bernards. But then come along, and Judy and Dan had the same thing, brother and sister Haney, brother and sister Wallace, because he used to work at the headquarters uh, back nineteen in the late sixties, in the late sixties, and yeah. so it's so neat that so much of our story is woven together. Mm. Our work for the Lord right. has been so similar. Yeah. Bible school, right? Administration at headquarters, office, and it's just—it was an easy fit. The Lord knows what he's doing. He does. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we need to, we need to uh, recognize that a little more often. Don't we? God, right. well, God knows what he's doing. He does. He does. Go ahead, Erica. Um, Regina said, I've seen a, a few second marriages after death of a spouse go poorly. Do you have any practical advice for other couples in similar situations to yours? Well, you know, of course, the first thing that I would say is you're not don't rush into anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, connected with that is it's got to be a matter of prayer. Uh, You've got to pray. You've got to ask for God's direction for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, They're not there cannot be any more important uh, consideration than that. Just asking God to direct your steps. uh, I, I don't think that we can take the advice of other people who want to say, well, I want to hook you up with someone. No, if there's any connecting going on, we want it to be God who does it. Yes. And when God is at work, it's going to go well. Now we're both still human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't recall ever having an argument in seven, no. seven and a half years. Why? There's nothing <laughs> we, to argue about. <laughs> So we just believe that's because God put us together and uh, it's possible for that, uh, not for Susan, of course, but it's possible for me that I could not, you know, show the fruit of the spirit in a particular situation. But, but, but if the, if the Holy Spirit's at work in our lives and if there is the fruit of the spirit there, and if we, if we understand that this is really a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church, Ephesians chapter five, and, and the husband's got to remember that uh, the model there is Christ who gave himself 
for us. Mm. Uh, you know, that's that's the husband's role. I, I don't yes. I don't emphasize the women's part of it. Right. Uh, right. I believe if a, if a man loves his wife as Christ loved the church, that whatever kind of respect he may need, she's not going to have any trouble giving that to that's him. Right, and that that is so true. Uh, when you're loved like that. Uh, and of course, we're in, and I say too, we're in an easier season in many ways. We know health-wise, we could have some situations. Right. We discussed that before we were married, but uh, it's hard, harder in many ways when you have young children and you have the pressures of pastoring and different situations. Some parts, some uh, seasons of life are harder, and um, our season, we've been through that. So we're we're uh, we're probably in a better season that way. We don't have the stresses of of uh, the day to day dealing with children. We don't even have a dog. I said he's my puppy right here. <laughs> That's all I wanted. Just this. He's my everything. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> That's sweet. Is there? Oh, you got another one, Erica. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom for young people preparing themselves for marriage? Uh, mistakes not to make or affirmative steps to take? Um, the first mistake that I made with uh, my marriage to Judy was two weeks after we got married. And you got to think here, we're living in a small town in Southeast Missouri, population 10,000 people. Uh, that's the environment there. Uh, but we had a little utility bill to pay. I think it was, I don't know, just a few dollars for electric or something like that. And so I asked Judy to go to the, uh, to the uh, office where those bills were paid and to pay that bill for me. I'm not sure why, but she didn't want to do that. And so uh, we chatted about that for a while. <laughs> I finally wound up paying the bill, but um, <laughs> I, I wasn't as sensitive enough to her at that time to understand that for a newly married bride who was 18 years old, who had never really worked, you know, uh, didn't have experience in that kind of, I mean, we had, we had hardly ever even eaten out. You know, these just those were things in those days that were just very rare events. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot more experience because I'd worked in a grocery store for four years and all of that. So, you know, I, I was out amongst people. Uh, but I, I would say uh, to a man, remember that uh, you are to love your wife unconditionally. And uh, if if there's any way in the world you could help her and minister to her, uh, be kind to her, do that. Uh, I made a, 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 now that I'm thinking about the mistakes, another one just came to my mind. Uh, when I, we were very young and just shortly married, I remember reading, we were talking about Ephesians 5. And I remember reading Ephesians 5 and Judy and I, I think we're arguing about something. And so <laughs> I, brought, I brought to her attention the verse that says that uh, something about, uh, how Christ loved the church, gave himself for it, and cleansed it with the washing of water by the word. Now, why in the world I said this, I don't know. But I thought, well, I need to give her a scripture to straighten her out. Because Christ, you know, he, do that. He, yeah. so I gave I brought that to her to her attention. 
she didn't appreciate that at all. Yeah, I was just not in a place where I needed to be preaching at her. I needed to be loving her. And so I would just say to anybody thinking about marriage, really look at the scriptures seriously. That's where we find, I think, right. our greatest help because the scripture talks about the relationship of the husband and wife yes. and uh, even tells us in Ephesians chapter five that we are to submit one to another. Uh, it's, this is not a one way street. And so uh, we were married 46 and a half years, probably because I needed that long to really learn how to be a husband. Yes, and you so crazy really well. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my okay right okay Erica, go ahead I have one funny question brother dan did you get the books uh you know i really was not interested in the books i've got lots of my own books and uh and i'm and uh just on a practical side a lot of my research right now i'm doing with uh, logos bible software it's an awesome program yeah and, and and much the, the research is so much so much quicker and easier to do um but susan donated uh bob's books to the library at urshan yes and yes it's a real blessing to them yes oh, they, all yeah. of those are yeah. all of the books are at urshan yeah but it was really neat one of the ones that dan actually wanted it's another god thing yeah really when we were packing up the few books that were left that had not already gone to urshan he found a hard copy of a hardback copy, hardback of, copy. of uh, Andrew D. Urshan's first edition of yes. his uh, autobiography oh, wow. published, published by the Assemblies of God when he was still in the Assemblies of God in 1917. Wow. And so uh, he, he, he wrote five editions of his autobiography, but mm -hmm. that was the first one. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that I had ever even seen a hard copy or even knew yeah. that one existed, but I, I, the reason it was so special too, is because my doctoral dissertation is yes. uh, autobiographical yeah. uh, autobiography and theology of Andrew Urshan. Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to look at the very first, in fact, I possessed, in fact, someone just today, my son called me and said, is there such a thing as uh, a 1917 edition of Andrew Urshan's uh, autobiography when he uh, was with the Assemblies of God? I said, yes. And, uh, their headquarters at that time was right here in St. Louis. And uh, and so that's where it came from. It was in Bob's library. Yeah, and it was, was just amazing. one of the few. They had come from the school and gotten just all of these books and mm -hmm. had taken them over there. And there were just, there was one or two little shelves left. And here that one was on it. It was mm -hmm. really exciting yeah. the day that we found that. Wow. And I know Bob would have been thrilled because... Bob had great respect for Dan and uh, he would have just been thrilled that, that he got it and that he got me too. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Bob was the editor in chief, as Susan mentioned, uh, the year that my commentary on Psalms was published. Yeah. And I can remember him calling me one day when it was still in the process mm -hmm. of being edited and put together to talk about how all that was going to be done. Of course, Bob and I had been friends for many years. And uh, so Susan and I, um, we met in uh, the 1960s. Yes, in, when, uh, when your parents were, yeah. we were, we were home missionaries. Bob and I were home missionaries in uh, Ontario, Canada. And Dan's parents, Glenn and Agnes Seagraves were Christmas for Christ missionaries, 25 miles from us. 
we became great friends. And who would have ever known this many years later that this would happen? Mm -hmm. In fact, Mom Seagraves was thrilled when yes. he told her that we were going out. When I told, when I called my mother and told her that Susan and I were dating, she cried <laughs> because she knew Susan yeah. so well and yeah. they had been friends. Yeah, and uh, so and Susan ministered to her in so many ways during mom's the last years of mom's life. Mm -hmm. She was in a nursing home right here in St. Louis, and Susan cared for her so much, just like a daughter. And I appreciated that. Well, so I really much. loved her. She had been my friend when I was in my twenties. They were there when our children were tiny, when wow. came to the hospital, when our daughter, who's now 51 years old, was born. And so there's a really a special connection. That really is. That's incredible. Yes. yes. All the because, little things throughout oh, the yeah. year. Many things. You know, it's, it's wonderful to be serving the Lord for so long. Uh, I've had the Holy Ghost for 65 years. And you just think mm -hmm. of all the connection of the people that we have met that have enriched our lives and brought us to this point in life. It's really beautiful. It really is something. It really is. Well, we, we've come to the top of the hour. We have one more question from uh, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to end with this one. Uh, <laughs> He said, uh, <laughs> "Well, if he really, if he really wants to know, I can tell him." Um, we were just riding along in the car. Yes, yes. First of all, the don't rush into anything. <laughs> Susan had been a widow for how long? Five years. For five years, mm -hmm. and I had been a widower for two and a half years, something like that. Um, and and like we both said. We, we weren't sure we would ever remarry. No, it wasn't and, a priority. Yeah. But, you and know. So, the, the, so the first thing that I remember doing was praying about it. Yes, More direct my steps true. here. If, yeah. I, if, I'm to, if I am to remarry, if I yes. should do that, uh, you know, give me direction in this. So, mm -hmm. Stephen, don't worry. I wasn't rushing. Uh -uh. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you know that God has given you direction and you know that for sure, uh, there's not much need to fiddle around very long. <laughs> so, so, we were just driving yeah. along and he just looked over and said, yes. will you marry me? And I said, yes. I didn't have to stop and pray about it. I was prayed up. <laughs> and he wants to know how I asked her. Now, this is really interesting. We were, uh, we had gone out to eat. Josephine's. At Josephine's in, in uh, just north of Alton, Illinois. Yeah. Nice little. Uh, bed breakfast. It? Well, it's not bed breakfast. Yeah. It's a it's a real nice little shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good place. And so we were driving back to the St. Louis area from there. And we were going through Alton, Illinois. And now uh, I'll try to be really quick on this. My mother and my mother was working during World War II in Alton, Illinois, packing bullets and later in a glass factory when the war came to an end. And my father was in the Navy. He was stationed in uh, Hawaii and he and mom had been writing each other. They met in the cotton fields in southeast Missouri where her family was working and on my grandfather's farm. So mom was interested in dad, but dad wasn't interested in her. <laughs> but she showed up there one year and he was gone. He, he joined the Navy, he was in Hawaii. And so she started writing him letters. Now remember, they, they he'd oh, never yeah. shown any interest in her. They had never dated, of course. Uh, and, but he, in fact, he, I mean, he, my dad wasn't saved at that time. 
and my mother wasn't either for the, for that matter. But uh, dad wrote to mom and said, I'm going to marry one of the, one of these girls over here in Hawaii. And my mom wrote back to him and said, I'll be waiting for you when you get back. And so, and so he wrote her a letter and he said, I've got a 30 day leave and uh, tell me how I can meet you, where you will be. So she told him the place to go in Alton when she got off of work, when she walked out of the building, there's a specific place she walked through and she said, I can meet you there. So on that particular day, he was there and he met her. Now, of course, they had never kissed or anything. The first time they ever kissed was right there. Oh. And, and the next day, the two of them went down to Piggott, Arkansas, where you didn't really need a license or a blood test or anything and got married. OK, so that was their story. If, if you know, if uh, Brother Beardsley wants to know about getting married quickly, he can, you know, look at my father's story. But, but, but anyway, the reason I'm even telling you that is because that's the same town. Alton, Illinois, where my mother and my father met, mm -hmm. that we were driving through, yeah. coming yeah. back from Josephine's, mm -hmm. and we were just chatting. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I just knew, and I believe this is God, how God directs us. Suddenly I just knew mm -hmm. that I should ask her to marry me. And so I just, we're in the car, we're driving. And so I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes, I will. Mm -hmm. That's how I asked her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, and there so, was no question. So, I didn't say stop. Let's stop and pray yeah. here. Find out. <laughs> nope. I didn't settle. Yeah. So yeah, it had to be. We had to be only a matter of blocks away from where yeah. my mother and father yeah. met, yeah. and and agreed to get married. Wow. But at the time, I wasn't thinking about all that. And you know, another funny part of this, we were driving by the library. Books have always been involved with all this. Too. <laughs> always has to be a library. Yes. Something about books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh, we have really enjoyed having you on tonight. I um in in uh in light of it being like a Hallmark production, we're more we're closer to that Hallmark about hour and you know fifteen minutes a usual uh, Hallmark usually is, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, this is uh, I've been joking about it being a Hallmark presentation, but these are not actors, these are real people, and this yeah. is a real life yeah. story. Yes, it is. So we really appreciate having you both on. Of course, there's always so many things to um, tap into and talk about, and so we often. Uh, you know, let our guests know you might hear from us again, asking, you know, <laughs> to come on and share another part, you know, of your story in life. But we really uh, enjoyed having you tonight. So thank you so much. It's been our privilege. Thank you so much yes, for inviting Thank us. you. Wonderful. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I'm sure you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, my cheeks hurt from smiling. <laughs> uh, so that's a good thing, right? We, that's yes, a good yes. effect to have on somebody. Yeah. Uh, join us um, tomorrow night, same time, same place. Uh, we'll have our uh, Saturday broadcast. And so please um, remember we're here six nights a week at 7 p.m. Uh, to do Bible study, Friday night with friends, and also just our weekly lessons. So thanks, everybody. Good night. And thanks again to our guests. Everybody Thank you. Good night. Thank you. God bless. God bless.